Hello and welcome to the Enjoy Church podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope this message empowers, equips, and helps you become everything God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Well, here we go. Went. Pastor Shane obviously has asked me to share about communion, and I remembered, I remembered this, this, um, this time when I was, I was younger, and uh, the pastor had asked me to share communion, and uh, uh, I shared a communion message. And after this communion message, it was about, uh, you know, when people started drifting out, a, a man in his, his 70s, I, at the time I called him old, but at the time, uh, right now I'm calling him wise, uh, you know, he was a wise older man and he, he's in his 70s and he's, he came up to me and he highlighted the fact that I forgot to tell the people that the, the, the cracker the, or the bread represented the body of Christ and the juice or the wine represented the blood of Christ. You know, at the time I think, well, you know, don't, don't, don't people know that? Don't, don't they know that? Do I have to, you know, but I, as I reflected on it, I realized that in my nervousness, that perhaps in my forgetfulness, I'd forgotten something around a communion message that was really, really important. I realized that communion should never be a, me- should never be a meal that we partake together and it- we just do it out of habit. It should never be something that it'll be by the way. It should never be something that becomes a meaningless ritual or an empty experience. But it's th- this communion meal that we partake together, this is laced with significance. It's laced with significance because it means more than you think. It means more than we all think. You know, we, we define it. We say the Lord's Supper, the communion, the Lord's table, breaking of bread. However you term this, what we're going to do today, this is more than you think. Amen? It's more than you think. The Bible, if, if you have a look at the Bible, the Bible is the story of God's redemptive plan. You know, you, you, since creating the world, we see God's heart right throughout Scripture. It's laced right throughout Scripture. You know, His desire is, His heart is to be in relationship with, with His creation. He wants to uh, establish community. He wants to have relationship, fellowship with us. Yeah, He wants to be our God. And in the New Testament, we see that something called sin puts paid to this. Boom, cuts, cuts connection with God. So God, in his love for humankind, he begins to establish covenants and sacrifices. He begins to devise ways where he connect, he can connect again with the people of God. So his people can, so he can connect with them and they can connect with him. The Old Testament, we see it. And, you know, as Hebrews tells us, though, says that this was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come. Because God's redemptive plan from the beginning of the world was always to send his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who came to die a once and for all, once and for all sacrifice, paving a way so each of us could come into a personal, real and ongoing relationship with God. So Jesus comes, he fulfills the old covenant and he sets up a new covenant. And as Christians today, We are living under this new covenant that Jesus has established for every single one of us. Amen? You know, covenants covenants were designed to bring the blessings of God. That's why God designed covenant. Pastor Shane talked about covenant. He talked about the blessing of God that comes through covenant. That's why covenants were designed, to bring the blessings of God that that, that he had planned for us, his people. And it's a two-way street, you see. 
It's not a one-way street. It's not just God. No, no, it's us. It's God in covenant with us and us in covenant with our God. Amen? And when we accept Him as Lord and Savior, we come into this covenant. Amen? So you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have a relationship with Him. You have a covenant with Him. If you don't have a relationship with God, I've got good news. Hey, that relationship is open to you again today. And later, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come into this incredible, life-changing relationship with God. So as a backdrop, we see that Jesus uses the, uh, an old covenant meal. It's the Jewish Passover to introduce the communion meal of this new covenant that's been a vital part of Christian worship for the last 2,000 years. And we read about it. Let's read it together in Luke chapter 22, verse 14 to 20. It says, When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. And Jesus said, I've been eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And then he said, take this and share it amongst yourselves. For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. And he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to these disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant Woo! between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. What we share today is a covenant meal, is a significant meal is an important meal. This new covenant meal has a lot of significance. The first thing it is, is that this new covenant meal is one of remembrance. He took some bread, it says in verse 19, and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces. He gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You see, Communion is a remembrance of what Jesus and only Jesus could do for us. Nobody else could. No blood of animals, nothing. He came to the earth. He came to live like us. And by the way, when I say he lived like us, that means he gets us. He understands us. Even when we fall, even when, because he's been, every pressure, every pain, everything that we've ever gone through, he understands. Every sin that we go through, he understands. Why do I say that? Jesus didn't sin, some of you are saying. Yeah, but he took on the sin of the world on the cross. He understands. He gets us, guys. He died for us. He rose again and is alive, working in and through us. Amen. And in verse 15, he says to his disciples, I've been eager to eat this Passover meal with you. You see, at their yearly Passover feast, the Jews remembered how much God loved them, delivering them from slavery and bondage in Egypt. He, they remembered that the blood of the lamb that was smeared on their doorpost actually saved and didn't bring death to their home. You know, and they, rem they remember the freedom as they marched out of Egypt towards their promised land. When we take communion this morning, we to remember that God loves us. No matter, no matter, no matter, despite anything that you can add, He loves you. He loves us. He's delivered us from sin and bondage. That He's spilled blood for us on the cross. It saved us from eternal death. 
Yeah, oh death, where is your sting? We sang it. Oh grave, where is your victory? Come on, it cannot, it cannot, it cannot permeate these things. And, and, and the freedom we now experience when we eat, knowing if we believe in him, we can march towards an inheritance, an eternal inheritance in God, yeah? Eternal life, we are assured of eternal life, amen? Does that excite you, church? Yeah. Furthermore, in the communion meal, we also remember that Jesus is our atoning sacrifice, no longer were animals required to be sacrificed for humankind's sin. Rather, the perfect Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, whose sacrifice covers, it atones us with God. What does atoning mean? Atoning basically means that it covers our sin. I love that word atone. You know why I love that word atone? Because if, if we put a dash between at and own, we go at one. We are at one with God. No more separation. No more distance. No more. We are at one with God. I was hearing a song this morning, a communion song. And it said, um, uh, you know, you're closer to me than, than, than my skin. We are at one with God. Wow. At one with God. When we accept him, make him saviour and lord of our lives, our sins are forgiving, forgiven, placing us in right relationship with God. I can remember that, eh? That's awesome. We remember that Jesus' sacrifice is an everlasting one. It's, it's once and for all. It, it doesn't need to happen over and over again. It stands for all time. And, and I, never, I never thought about this before, but God orchestrates a meal or, or establishes a meal to remember, and he engages all our senses. So today, right now, we are hearing the truth of the communion message. But its truth is communicated through all these other senses, through sight. I can see the wine, I can see the, the juice, I can see the, the cracker here that represents his blood and his body that was shed. I can, I can smell it. Cranberry. I can taste it. I'll do that later. And I can touch it. Touch it. All my five senses. And God does this incredibly well because he wants us to understand that this is something significant. He wants us to remember it. Amen. Communion is foundational, enduring symbol of our new covenant in Christ Jesus. But you know what? It's more than you think. The new covenant meal is one of thanksgiving. Our text continues and it says that Jesus gave thanks for both of these emblems. And in verse 17, he says, then he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it in verse 19. So during, during the Jewish festival of Passover, a number of cups, about four cups were distributed. And one of those cups that was passed around was the cup of redemption or the cup of blessing where God promises and he says, I will bless you. And community, oh sorry, communion is an incredible opportunity that we have to thank Jesus, to thank God for everything that he's done, for all the blessings that this covenant has brought to us. On that cross, his body was broken, his blood was shed. Man, this has power, my friends. The blood of Jesus is powerful. We always sing about it, yeah? 
And, you know, think about, think about the things that we can be thankful for. I can be thankful to God that I've been redeemed. Yeah, that Jesus paid the price for me to release me from the bondage of sin and death. I've been forgiven. In him, Ephesians says, we have redemption through his blood. We have forgiveness of sins. Then we're restored in right relationship with him. You know, sin destroyed it. Jesus came and he rebuilt the relationship. He actually created a, a, a bridge between God and us. You know, we're saved not by our works, but by grace. I thank God that I'm saved by grace. Thank God through the finish. I am justified. When God looks at me, he looks at me through the sacrifice of Jesus. And when he sees me, it's just as if I have never sinned. Justified. Yeah. I, I you know, the, and even though the enemy might come and he might, shh, 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 there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. I've been set apart. I've, you know, I've received the purpose for my life. You know, God calls us masterpieces. I love that. Because I'm Italian, you know, Michelangelo. I'm a, I love the masterpieces. Oh, I love all of that. You know, we are masterpieces. He says, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand for us to do, that we should walk in them. We're freed. I love Galatians 5.1. For freedom. Freedom, Christ has set us free. Reminds me of freedom, you know, freedom. We're victorious, I love it. Now, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus, amen. You know, I am healed by his stripes. I claim healing. I am, you know, I'm assured of eternal life. Yeah, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I don't know about you, but I can be thankful right here, right now to my God for what he's done for me. The new covenant is more than you think. The third thing, he, the new covenant meal serves to renew our commitment to God. Because God doesn't drift. We do. And if you're human, you drift. We're prone to drift. And communion is an opportunity to stop the drift and get right with God. Amen? Amen. Just as drifting Israel would commit and obey the covenant they had with God. Communion gives us an opportunity to reflect, to renew our commitment once again to God. That's why I love when, when we say that the prayer for when people accept Jesus. I love saying that prayer all the time, all the time, all the time. I'm just renewing my commitment to God, renewing my commitment. That's why we say it all together. You see, communion involves a covenantal responsibility. Pastor Shane was talking about it. It involves a commitment, our lifestyle needs to match the covenant we're a part of. Philippians 1.27 says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. You see, in Paul, Paul addresses not only the Philippians, but he addresses the Corinthian church because they had drifted away. And as their pastor, he addresses them. And he says to them, Hey guys, you can't come and sit at the Lord's table and sit at the table of demons as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 21, he says, You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too. He's saying, hey guys, you can't swap tables. You can't. You can't eat at the Lord's table on a Sunday and the rest of the week feast on demon food. 
You can't live for God on Sunday and live under the clutches of the enemy on Sunday. Sorry, on Monday. You know, if we do, if I do, I'd be repudiating, I'd be rejecting the completed work of Christ that he purchased for me on the cross. So communion, I love it. Because God knew this. Loves us so much, he provided communion for a time for us to reflect. Perhaps we've drifted our attitudes, our behaviors, perhaps our habits, things that aren't God-honoring in our lives. Like God tells the Corinthian church to reflect and examine themselves when taking community, communion. It's an opportunity for us to do so. But let me encourage you. Awareness of our sin shouldn't keep, away, shouldn't keep us away from communion. On the contrary, it should drive us to participate in it. It should drive us to come to God. It should drive us to run to God, yeah? Because we've got an opportunity to return to Him, renewing our commitment to Him. You've got to understand, church, that through the sacrifice of Jesus, the curtain to the gracious presence of God was torn from top to bottom. And you know what? Nobody's been able to sew it up. It's the open door that no man can shut. The gracious door of His presence is open for every single one of us. Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us come boldly. There's many here like me that can come boldly and boldly. (laughs) Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive His mercy. Whoa! And we will find find grace to help us when we need it most. We've got to to be aware of something, guys, that I think that that it doesn't, it doesn't, we're not aware of it. And we've got to be aware that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the unseen world, the Bible, the Bible says, against evil spirits in heavenly places. But you know what? Because Jesus died, and that's what we're remembering today, they've got no more power over us, amen? Because why? When we accept Jesus, the Bible says that His Word, He is hid in our hearts that we might not sin against Him. His Spirit lives in us. Are you excited about that? Therefore, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. This is all because of Jesus' work on the cross. Not our greatness, not our goodness, all because of Jesus. Colossians 2.15 says, In this way, I love this verse, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly. By his victory over them on the cross. When I partake in communion, when we're partaking in communion, my commitment, I'm renewing my commitment to God, I'm proclaiming victory over the devil and victory over sin. Jesus says in his word, I will not, never again, never again remember their sins and their lawless deeds. You see, the devil's a defeated foe. Jesus' body was broken. His blood was shed. It's a once and for all sacrifice. By taking communion this morning, when you've got things coming against you, and the enemy is coming against you, you take communion and everything that it stands for, you know what you're telling the devil? You know what you're telling his band of cohorts? Can I say it? You're telling them, go to hell. That's where you belong. Look. 
This represents the blood of Christ. This represents the body of Christ, broken for me, shed for me. You have no longer rule. You have no longer reign over my life. I am free in Jesus' Name. And I love it because in Genesis 3, we see that the devil, he shrewdly and cunningly, in a roundabout way, says to, to Eve and to Adam, he says to them, take and eat. And we know that they eat against God's command, which results in them being driven from God's presence. But now in the new covenant, Jesus says, take and eat, all of you. And he reverses the outcome and he reminds us of his presence with us. He reminds us of his spirit that lives inside of us and our enjoyment of having him near us. Amen. But it means more. It means more. It means more. You want to know more? I'm running out of time. Here we go. The new covenant meal reminds us of our unity with the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine 29 says, For if you eat the bread, you're kicking me off. Okay. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup, Without honouring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. Another version says you must discern the body. And Paul, once again, he's talking to the Corinthian church. They had some relational issues going down. There was lack of respect, lack of love. There was a lot of selfishness and they failed to discern the body. And communion is a meal with God, but it's also together with His people. We come before our God as one covenant people. And the peace that exists between God and us has to extend between God and between us and God's people. When we come into unity with Jesus, we're united to everyone that is united to Him. And I can give you examples. I remember probably about 17 years ago, I'd heard of a couple in this church and I'd heard so much about them. And I said, I've heard so much about this couple. I don't even know them. I'm going to invite them over for, for a meal. And so I rang up Pastor Tom McDonald. So Pastor Tom, you don't know me, but my name is Ralph DiGiacomo. I said, I've heard so much about you and I want to meet you. Can you come over for a plate of pasta? And he says, Pastor Tom, you know, he likes the old pasta. And uh, he says, yeah, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. You know what? When they came, I met them at my front door. Hi, I'm Ralph. I'm Thomas. I'm Viv, you know, Vivian. Okay, come in, come in. There was just a quick spiritual bond that just, you know, and I've been with people all over the world. I've been, you know, and when we're connected with God, suddenly there's a spiritual bond because you know what? It, it's unlike anything that I experienced, anything that I imagined because the Spirit of God connects us. The Spirit of God, you know, when we come into unity with Jesus, we're united to everyone. So I just want to encourage you. If there's relational issues causing disagreements, let's do our best to work it out right here at the start of the year. You know, we look at Jesus' heart in John 17 where he says to them, he says, oh, he says to God, he's praying to the Father, he says, Father, that they be one just as me and you are one. Probably like Pastor Shane says, you're probably going to have to get somebody, invite them out for a latte, have a chat. In the spirit of unity, in the spirit, have communion with them. And last of all, the new covenant meal is one of hope and expectation. 
Luke 22, 16 says, For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Jesus is alluding to another meal here. He's alluding to the meal when He comes back one day and we all go to heaven and there's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb where we're all going to get together. All the ones that we've lost along the way, all the ones that have gone before us, they're all going to be together. What a future, what a hope, what an expectation we have of heaven. And that's what communion this morning reminds us of as well. Amen. Are you excited about that? Man, I tell you what, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be, make a beeline to some of my ancestors that I don't know. I'm going to make a beeline to the Apostle Paul. I want to make a beeline to, to King David. I want, to, I want to check out his crown. I want to you know, tell him what it's like. How did he make that sling? I want to, you know... I'm, It's filled with hope, filled with expectation. What an incredible day that will be. World events, pandemics. Somebody told me the other day that another pandemic is coming. They come and they go. But you know what? My future is secure. My future is secure. Because my faith and my life is planted on unshakables. So this morning, what I want to communicate is that this new covenant meal is significant. It's powerful. We remember all that Jesus has done for us. We give thanks for the blessings that we enjoy today. We reflect and we renew our commitment to the Lord because we live in victory. We're reminded that we're part of this beautiful family. This universal family called the church. And we look to the future with hope and with incredible expectation. So before we partake in communion this morning, before we go there, it would be remiss of me, like I said before, not to speak to you about your relationship with God. Now, when I'm talking about a relationship with God, I'm not, I'm not talking about a, a religion, okay? A religion is a man-made set of rules. I'm talking about a relationship, a relationship with God. The Bible says, as we, as we have looked at today, that sin broke the relationship between God and humanity. But we also saw God's great love for each and every one of us, that He sent Jesus to come and restore that relationship that no longer was. And in fact, The Bible says that God loved us so much. Jesus loved us so much. Loved us so much that even while we were yet in, you know, we were miserable. We were in a state of sin. We were just. But you know what? He did what no amount of human endeavor could do. And he came. He left heaven. He did what only he could do. And he came to earth. Now, when he came to earth, he didn't come pointing an accusing finger. You ever had a finger pointed at you like this? I have. Didn't come pointing the accusing finger, telling us how bad we were. Oh, you know, condemning us. But he came to die. Came to live, came to die. Then he resurrected on the third day. And by doing that, he caused victory to come to us by bridging the gap, bridging the gap between God and us, providing a way for our relationship to be restored. The Bible says that through His sacrifice, we've been given life 
Life to the full, eternal life, the best life. Life to the max, I call it. So no matter how you've come here this morning, Jesus' arms are still open and ready. Ready for you. You're not here by chance. Today you've heard that God has reached out to you. He's made a way for you to come into relationship with Him and enjoy Him like like only. Enjoy life like only He can give. So how do you come into relationship with God? You might be asking, how do I do this? this? It's easy. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you can have a relationship with Him. All you got to do is ask. How do you ask? Easy, through one simple prayer. One simple prayer. It's a simple yet powerful prayer. So if I can have every, every eye closed and every head bowed here for a moment, this is a solemn moment. It begins with a simple and powerful prayer. And this prayer will change your life forever. And you'll come, as you come into relationship with God and you'll connect with the life and life to the full that He has for you. So if you want to pray this prayer, I'm going to count to three in a minute. And on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to see it. I'll say, God bless you. And then together as a church, we're going to pray my favorite prayer. Where you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you come into relationship with Him. So you ready? On the count of three. One, Jesus loves you. Two, He's got a plan and He's got an incredible purpose for your life. Three, raise your hand wherever you're at. If you want to come into relationship with Jesus this morning, raise it nice and high. Yep, God bless you. I see two hands. God bless you. There's another hand here. Awesome. You're making the best. God bless you. There's another hand at the back. Yep, God bless you. There's another hand to my right. Another one down the back there. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Six or seven hands have gone up. God bless you as well. Praise God. Yeah, you can give up. Give it up for God. Give it up for these people. Great. So what we're going to do right here, right now, we're going to pray this prayer. I want you to repeat after me. And where all oh, those of you that raise your hands, you pray this prayer. Everybody else prays this prayer. And I tell you what, you're going to experience the love of God come over your life as you pray this prayer. So we're ready. We're ready to pray, church. Here we go. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I come to you this morning and I open up my heart to you. I believe that you came to give me life and life to the full when you died for me. And I ask you right now to come into my heart, take away all my mistakes and give me the strength to to lead a life that serves and honours you. I thank you that from this moment I have a relationship with you And you have become my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Those of you that have raised your hands, somebody will come up to you after the service. They'll hand you a Bible. If you need some prayer, there'll be prayer. Uh, There'll be prayer available for you as well. And uh, they'll tell you about your next steps. Because now you've made a decision. You've made a decision to come into relationship with God. Now's the time for you to... Step it out. That's the most exciting journey that you're going to be on. So as we prepare our emblems, if you, they, they should be at your seats. If you don't have any, just raise your, raise your hands and one of our hosts will come and we'll bring it to you.
Last week, we came to church and we were anointed for this incredible year of legacy. This week, as the body of Christ, we come around this new covenant meal called communion. Let's just take a moment. As you unwrap it, just close your eyes. Let's remember. We remember God. Let's give thanks. Probably it's time to renew our commitment to the Lord. God, I'm coming back to you. I'm, nothing's going to hold me back. At the start of this year, I'm aware that you've purchased a victory for me on the cross. I'm coming back to you. I'm more than a conqueror. We're part of God's family. And let's also thank God for the future that's secure that we have. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you that this morning that you reminded us of your incredible sacrifice for us. Lord, I want to thank you for all that that means for our salvation, for healing. Lord, for justification, for redemption, for all these things. Lord, I give thanks to you for the blessings that I enjoy, that we enjoy as a family. Lord, I pray we renew our commitment to you right now. Lord, this year we want to live for you like we've never lived before. Lord, and leave a legacy, Lord, for those that come after us. Lord, we thank you for the purchased victory over sin. That it no, no longer has a hold on us. That we are more than conquerors. We want to thank you that we're part of this incredible family called your church. That we'll be able, Lord, to get along, be able to be united. Lord, because that's how the world will know that we serve you by the unity that we have one with another. And Lord, thank you for this incredible future that is assured. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's eat and let's drink, church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God.